Welcome to Let's Admit It, a college admissions podcast hosted by the Boise Bible College Admissions Department. Here, we aim to answer the spoken and unspoken questions of high school students and parents who are looking to learn more about a Christian college experience. You can learn more about Boise Bible College at www.boisebible.edu. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to the Let's Admit It podcast, uh, hosted by the Boise Bible College Admissions Department. My name is Michael Gritton. I am and always have been your host on this this podcast. Today, like I said last week, we are joined by uh, my my professional counterpart, Mr. Logan James Steinbaugh. James is not my middle name. Welcome to the podcast, Logan. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I just said the middle name that I assumed you have. Your James middle name's Robert, isn't it? No, it's Alan. You're not even close. It was A and R are pretty close on you the and alphabet. I... Anyways. Uh, sometimes, Mike. <laughs> so Logan is Logan and I are the two admissions counselors at Boise Bible College. And so um, if you have uh, if you, listener, have at any point expressed any kind of interest in the college, then you have been contacted by either Caitlin or now Brawlin. Um, the admissions department just got That's a new right, person. That's right, yeah. New student. New student. Now, having said that, if you have filled out an online or paper application, then my voice or Logan's voice are the voices that you're going to hear uh, to help you through that application. So today, what I wanted to do was uh, do exactly what we normally do, but this time with one of the people that you're going to be spending the most time with. So this is Logan Alan Steinbaugh, um, with one of the lamest middle names this side of the 21st century. It's better um, than James or Robert. I disagree. Apologies to people whose middle names are James and Robert. I, I'm sh- oh, My, is your, oh yeah. you just raised your hand. Is yeah. your middle name James? Kelsey's nickname for me has always been Bert because my middle name is Robert. I'm offended on behalf of my wife. So let me get this straight. Hit me. You, <laughs> when you introduced me, uh-huh. you just threw out a random middle name. Mm-hmm. And then when I corrected you and said that wasn't my middle name, you very confidently said, oh, yeah, it's Robert, right? Well, because Meaning that's your middle name. Yeah. So, of course, that's also so my middle the, name. I thought we had had a conversation at some point, Logan, wherein we decided that we discovered that we had the same middle name. I'm thinking of someone else, apparently. You've known me for close to six years. This is a- uh-huh. upsetting, Mike. It is. It is upsetting. Now, having said that, we're going to stop with this chaotic preamble (laughs) um so okay we've got a couple of uh generally on these episodes i will ask some some what i love to refer to as get to know you questions they're the questions at camp that you ask people to kind of break down the the barriers basically uh i acknowledge that uh in our profession oftentimes we are uh you know kind of boiled down to the the um the signature at the end of an email or the, uh, the, the voicemail. Um, so I want to I humanize people. And so a couple quick questions, Logan, just to, to humanize you. I know you need as much help with this as possible. So Wow. <laughs> Logan Can I, you guys tell that we have some good, uh, some good I, rapport between we, us? We have, we have some snide rapport between Logan and I. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So get to know you, get to know you section. We're just going to dive right in. Um, uh, just tell me, tell the audience, uh, your, your backstory, your, 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 uh, this is how I got to the college. You know, what did you, cause you did, you know, 
spoiler alert, Logan is an alumni just like myself, um, what your degree program was, how you ended up working in the admissions office, just have story time. Yeah, so how, how far back am I going? Am I talking? Let's let's say... It was 11-23, November 25th <laughs> in the mid-90s in a doctor's... It no, all sorry. started when I was born. <laughs> no, just uh, let's say senior year of high school. Or let me let me rephrase that. Decision time of when Boise Bible College became this is where I'm going to go to, you know, present in blocks, not in like, yeah. anyway. Yeah, for sure. So, well, so <sighs> Boise Bible College has kind of always been just a part of like the sphere of influence in my life. So I, uh, I grew up in, in the Christian church. Um, uh, I grew up, gosh, I moved a lot when I was a kid. And so I, I ended up settling in like Spokane, Washington, right outside of Spokane, Washington, when I was like in late middle school. Um, and the church we ended up going to, um, I up to that point, I'd never really heard of Boise Bible College. I'd never really heard of the concept of a Bible college in general. It was kind of a, a weird thing to me. Um, and I remember we started going to a church called Westgate Christian Church. Um, and so if anyone from there in is Spokane. listening. In Spokane, Washington, okay. yeah. Your wife is from Spokane, Washington. She sure is. That's why I ask. That's yes. Uh, and so... Uh, at the time, my youth pastor and uh, a couple of my, uh, like the assistant youth pastors at my church, um, had all, they were all graduates from Boise Bible College. Um, and what really stuck out to me, so uh, Kevin Croft was the name of my youth pastor growing up. Um, and I knew, I knew that he had attended here and graduated with a bachelor's degree, and I believe it was, I, I believe it was youth ministry. Uh, but he wasn't full-time at the, at the college. He, he had a full-time job. He was a contractor, and, and he... Um, committed probably a good like 30 hours a week on top of a full-time job just being a volunteer at this church with uh, kind of the information they had. And that always had a really, really big impact on me. The fact that someone um, would dedicate, you know, a couple years of their life to to learning as much as they could about um, faith, as much as they could about um, scripture, their relationship with Christ, and then on top of a full-time job, uh, commit that to something else. And so that kind of got me started on it, probably, gosh, like the beginning of my high school career. And uh, I realized at a certain point, um, I'm a very logic heavy person. I, I think very, very, I don't, I don't make many choices based off emotion, which, uh, if my fiance is listening for don't, don't listen that I said that, uh, we're very sorry, Emily, <laughs> but, um, I always thought of it kind of logically, probably like my middle, middle time of high school was the thought of like, well, I'm a Christian and, and scripture says, you know, that we, we need to be making disciples of all nations and making as big of an impact as we could. And I realized that, um, I don't think I would ever be fulfilled or satisfied, um, doing any kind of profession or any kind of career, or any kind of full-time job that isn't building up the kingdom. And so at that point, I kind of decided like, you know what, I'm going to go to Boise Bible College. And I'm going to build it up. And so I, I very specifically remember like my junior year of high school, uh, going to the Portland Youth Conference uh, in, in Portland, Oregon, surprise, surprise. And there was a Boise Bible College booth there. And I went up to the to the guy running the booth and I bought a, B, uh, a Boise Bible College shirt, one of the old orange ones we had in Ooh in two sizes larger than fit me at the time, knowing that it would fit me when I was in college. (laughs) And I wore that. I talk about forward planning, folks. Mm -hmm. This is what it's about. I'm too fat for it now, but... But man, that was a good, like, two or three years that I wore that thing with pride. And so, yeah, that... But that's kind of... it, It was not a part of my life at all, and then it became 
pretty much uh, just what I knew I was going to do. And uh, I think the, the the deal for me and Boise Bible College was sealed the very first time I visited, like, my sophomore year of high school. I think I came and visited, and I was like, this place is for me. Yeah. So, And I've was been here ever small, since. Was it the small college thing? Was it the connections you made with people? What was it? Yeah, well, I, I remember it was, it was half and half of the academics and the community. Because I remember I first came in, um, and... People like just genuinely care. Like the the my church had more uh, congregants, I believe, than the student at the time than the school at the time mm. had students. And so I came in and automatically it was like it was so easy to make relationships. Yeah. And so people actually like genuinely cared about me and that really made an impact on me. And then I also remember uh, the academic side. I sat in on a class. I sat in on uh, Dr. Williams' public speaking class. Oh, that's that's a class that pretty much every freshman yep. ends up taking. And I just sat in the back. And I remember uh, it was an hour-long class. And after I left, I remember thinking, like, did they rehearse that ahead of time? Mm-hmm. Because the the band and they just had so much fun. Yeah. Le- and I learned a bunch. And when I walked out, I was like, wow, they must like really care that I'm here because they clearly like got together ahead of time and rehearsed <laughs> whatever I just saw. <laughs> and then I was just on a, a live episode of television. Yep. That was so well done. And then after uh, after becoming a student and being a part of those classes, I was like, oh no, this is just kind of how mm-hmm. this is just kind of the drive here, and it, it was cool, man. So. Ben Williams, uh, one of the coolest, uh, coolest people that I know. Also, one of the easiest people to just banter with in the middle of class. He performed your wedding, didn't he? He did. That's he right. He did. He performed the ceremony for my wedding uh, near Spokane, Washington. Dang. Go figure. Beautiful so, city. It, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Spokane's great. Spokane's great. Um, so you you came to college, two thousand and fourteen. Is that right? Uh, no, my uh, 2015. Yeah. 15. So I graduated in 2015. And you were in the on-campus dorms how long? Three and a half years. So I you, lived. I lived on campus in the student dorms. You just moved out your last semester. Yeah. Yeah. So I. I actually. Um, I finished a lot of my requirements. I. I, I had done. I had. That's I, right. You got done early. I had the advantage of taking some college credits in high school, and so I got. Um, kind of a jump start and so I only ended up doing seven semesters mm-hmm. instead of the typical eight and so that last semester um, I didn't live in the dorms which by the way I have told the story on the podcast before of you taking like astronomy and it transferring <laughs> over and being counted as uh, theory of intelligent design yeah there well because they're registrar's offices at, yeah. at colleges they all speak relatively the same language but they all have a slightly different dialect yeah and so, and so when people ask me about you know, will my credits transfer? I usually tell them that story hmm. of like, maybe, uh, who knows? Weirder things have happened. Yeah. It, uh, oftentimes my answer is typically yes, but let's, let's find out. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we just, we don't know, but we'd like, we, we sure would like if they did. Okay. So, um, that is the end of our get to know you session with Logan Steinboss. And now we're going to dive in today's subject, which I know you guys have been uh, sitting with bated breath for the last 10 and a half minutes uh, in, in regards to what we're going to be talking about. Uh, so Logan and I, we deal with applicants. We mm-hmm. deal with people who are actively considering higher education. We counsel people through the admissions process. We are admissions counselors. And that is what we do. Mm -hmm. So what we deal with a lot are myths, things that people have been uh, kind of led into believing based on, you know, different factors. And so today we wanted to kind of tackle three of those myths. 
Uh, full disclosure, something that I did in preparation for this podcast was I just Googled uh, admissions myths. Now, that is not to say that we have not dealt with these things. Um, I just had to uh, find a way to succinctly write them out so that I could give <laughs> Logan a piece of paper that said, here's what we're talking about. Well, no, well, there is, there's a lot of misconceptions out there about how you're supposed to go about college application yeah. and how it's so... Definitely. Well, gosh, it's one of those things that um, I think the public school system does a really, really good job telling people you need to go to college, but they don't necessarily do as good a job saying, here's how you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, I have selected for uh, your, your viewing pleasure uh, three different myths. Um, Can we call it viewing pleasure if they're only listening? Yes, this is a non This is so. a non-visual medium. So. I like to think that most of the people who are listening to this have their eyes closed, and they're just letting the, the words of this podcast take them on a, a journey, not unlike the un- never-ending story back in the 90s. You know what I'm oh, talking about? Oh, gosh. <laughs> no. I think you think much higher of, of this <laughs> than you should. <laughs> Oh, Logan, Logan Stein, Logan James Steinbach, no, son of a gun. Again, not, anyway, let's <laughs> so keep going. Moving on, moving on. So first, first, uh, oh, P.S., uh, we're not going to be going in any order of, you know, I'm not going to say the first thing we're talking about is like the biggest myth out there. Uh, this is in no order of importance. This is just what I came up with. So first thing, first myth is you should take easy high school classes so that you can pump up your cumulative GPA. Yes, the uh, the all important C GPA. We hear a lot of times in a lot of times when you're in high school, especially towards the end, like junior year, senior year, um, your your career counselors and like college admissions officers will talk a lot about you know your GPA and how you got to get your GPA up, otherwise you're not gonna. I don't. At least for me, when I was in high school, it was like a really big deal. You gotta you oh, gotta yeah, get absolutely. it up there. Um, and one of the things is that a, a GPA is is an average. A GPA is an average of all of the classes that you take. I'm sure if you're listening to this, if you're interested in college admissions, you have a, a vague understanding of what, what your GPA is. But your cumulative, cumulative GPA is, it, it basically boils down something that cannot be boiled down. Um, and so I have a love-hate relationship uh, with the cumulative GPA because it's very, very helpful in the admissions process. And it's really, really a, a good idea to try and get it as, as high as you can. Um, taking high school courses, but ultimately it is not, um, at least here at Boise Bible College, it may not be as important of a factor as people may think. So um, the, the, the dichotomy and the difficult part of, of college admissions, not just here at Boise Bible, but at any college, um, is the balancing point between uh, being able to break down a student's achievements into something you can record on paper and also realizing that every single person is a unique individual that um, can only be assessed in person and can only be assessed based off their talents that you can't necessarily always record. And so there's a lot of students that I've talked to who are like, yeah, you know, I took I, I took like a, uh, in, in my high school um, when I was growing up, a bunch of people took something called like sport, sports health or like sports life or whatever. And essentially it was, it was a glorified like field day mm. essentially where twice a week they get to go and just play ping pong or play like badminton or something like that. And you can't, unless you like really, really try, there are some classes that you just can't fail out there. Um, and, and I think that one myth is that a lot of people think that well, my GPA is, you know, three point whatever or two point something. Um, and when I submit my transcripts to a college, they'll just look at that and be like, awesome, sweet. Um, and I will never forget, uh, I remember when I was a f- freshman here at Boise Bible College, 
uh, I sat down with Cody Christensen. He is the uh, the student dean here at the college. He, he is also uh, he does, he teaches a couple classes. Real smart guy. Um, and he, he just got his doctorate a couple years ago. Actually. Yes, yeah, he's officially Doctor Cody Christensen. Yeah. So I, I apologize, Cody, if you're listening. Um, you are a man of high esteem. But uh, um, he, man, he made it so clear to me. He he's like, if you pull out someone's transcripts um, and and it has enough classes on there that span several years, you can kind of tell based off how someone has done in particular classes at particular times, like how they were doing. At, at any given time. And so like, I remember like my sophomore year, I was having this conversation with him and he was, and he point, he like had my transcripts and he pointed at this one bit and he's like, did you, uh, did you go through a little bit of a rough patch here in your personal life, Logan? And I was like, yeah, I, I did. How on earth did you know that? He's like, well, I can kind of tell based off of your transcripts sort of mm-hmm. things. And I was, and, and my GPA was, I thought it was fine, but he could look at it and see. And so it's not bad. That that's the misconception is that um, you need to get your GPA as high as possible. Um, ultimately, um, we look at everything. Mm-hmm. Colleges look at everything. They don't just look at the GPA and the the cumulative score. They look at well, what courses did you take that in? Because if you have a 4.0 uh, GPA, but you were able to, but that, but you like tanked every single one of your history classes and every single one. True, true story. When I was in high school, I grew up in a little farming town in southeastern Idaho, um, and we had one language class. It was Spanish. We were on a trimester system, not a semester system. So we had three trimesters a year, and uh, you could take beginning, intermediate, and advanced Spanish, um, one after another. Mm-hmm. And I took beginner and intermediate, and I realized that they were the exact same class down to the (laughs) homework day. And so I'm like, oh, money. And so I took beginning, intermediate, and advanced uh, Spanish twice. So I took six to pump pump, pump up up my CGPA. And I'll tell you what, didn't make a big difference. Well, yeah, because... That's the thing is it, it all comes down to that dichotomy of of boiling w- <sighs> now just just to be super duper clear um, it is real real good like if, if you hand in your uh, your you know your transcripts to a college and you have just this tidal wave of A's a minus a plus you if you have a tidal wave of those cascading down your transcripts that is great um, but it also colleges look just as much at where that grade comes from as they do at what the grade is. Absolutely, yeah. And I th- and Mike, I know you can attest to this too, because you and me specifically, our whole job is the relational Absolutely. side of this. Like college admissions is this, it's this weird monster where it's a combination of a lot of numbers and a lot of stats and a lot of personal conversations mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, text text yep. conversations and things like that. A lot of emails. And getting to know someone. Tag. And there's a difference between the you on a transcript and the you in person. Yep. And we, any college that that's that's worth the money that you're giving to it, um, should care more about you as the person rather than you as the transcript. Absolutely. And so, um, definitely do everything you can to bump up bump up your GPA. But ultimately, um, make sure that you are you are trying your best in every aspect in every class. Um, don't like if you know that maybe you're not the best at English comparatively to like math or science, then focus a little bit more on English and, and, and bump that up sort of thing. Um, if you have a, a 3.8, but you know, a good chunk of that came from your sports science class where you played <laughs> ping pong and badminton, we might, we might look at that and ask you about yeah. that. So, yeah. So, you know, just all that to say the admissions process is one big thing. It's not 
one small thing. You know, yeah. it, is, it is a collection of many things, not one thing. So that leads us into our second myth that we're going to be talking Ooh, about today, fun. which is uh, about standardized tests. And it is the myth is that phenomenal, outstanding standardized test scores will guarantee you admission. Ah, I love this question. Uh, the SAT-ACT is probably one of the, the most misunderstood things in college admissions, I think. As some, and it was something I didn't fully realize until I found myself on the op. Because I went through college admissions. You know, I remember, I remember taking my SAT-ACT and thinking, like, I got to do really, really well on this. Um, and that's one, of, I think, one of the biggest misconceptions is we put more importance on it than it is. Because, again, it, it comes down to... All that the SAT ACT is, is it is a number that someone in an office or someone in an institution can look at at a glance to see, okay, um, how, how much will this person excel in a academic environment sort of thing. And so uh, college, I hate to break it to you, but college is a lot different than high school. <laughs> that's, that's something that I, I feel like um, needs to be said sometimes because I remember when I stepped into college and when I out of high school and I've, I see students do it all the time where they come in and they're like, wow, this is really hard. And I'm like, what did you think it was going to be? Like, this is, this is college sort of thing. Yeah. And so um, I've seen people come in with the absolute greatest test scores in the world, like, like amazing test scores to the point that I'm like, did they fake this sort of thing? And, and they end up maybe not coming through or not doing super well. Um, it's entirely dependent on you. Because you could be, like, I've seen people come through who do amazing in school. And they're amazing students. And they do awesome in their classes. But maybe they just are, they're, they're not good at taking tests. Mm -hmm. I wasn't good at taking yeah. tests when I was in high school, college. Um, and so I think the biggest thing for SAT, ACT, is all, the, all that that is, is that is a way for us to, at a glance, look at it and see, well, is this person going to excel? Here at Boise Bible College, at every college pretty much, um, the reason that we look at SAT, ACT scores is because we want to see um, if, we, if we bring this person into the fold, if we, if we bring them uh, apart into the school, if they join on these classes, um, we don't want to just say, are they going to survive classes? We want to say, are they going to thrive mm -hmm. in their classes? Yeah. And typically, nationwide, on a, much, on a really, really large scale, if someone comes in with a really low SAT, ACT score, that might be an indication that, like, you know, maybe they could use a little bit of help. Um, if, you, if you're not a good test taker, that's okay. Definitely study for things and, and look into it. But there is so much more that goes into the admissions process, especially here at Boise Bible, mm -hmm than just a number on a page. I, uh, I, I did really poorly on my SATs, same, I think. Same boat. I didn't have a very good GPA yeah. either, and, and I, was, I was able to come yeah. in. So. Yeah. And I, I, will, I will say, I remember the day that I, because I took the ACT and the SAT, I come to find out that's not super common. Generally, people take one or the other. Mm -hmm. um, and I, so I took both. The ACT was about four hours. SAT was about seven. Yep. And I remember... I'm horrible at math. Horrible. Welcome horrible to the club. Um, and I remember the math section of the SAT. They like there were like some easier questions that I could handle, but then I got one where it's like, find the the cosine of the, like the equilateral uh, <laughs> equilibrium of the you know X wing or something like that. Oh, and I was gosh. just like, it's probably C because I haven't used C on the Scantron. In there a are math while. majors out there whose brains whose are exploding brains just listening to you. Blew up. So you're welcome. We love you. Um, having yeah. said that, one other angle of this. Um, again, I want to stress that um, you know 
it's it's sort of a similar answer as the first myth, which is that uh, don't look at any part of the admissions process and think this is my make or break. Um, if you score single digits on the SAT, we're probably going to have a conversation, yeah. um, especially the SAT, because the SAT is the one that's like mm-hmm. a thousand. Your SAT, ACTs, they matter. Like yeah. study for them, be ready for them and do the best that you can on them. But don't think that if you got a poor t- score in the ACT, SAT, that, oh, I shouldn't apply to this it's college. Not the, the world. Yeah. Um, Having said that, another thing due to the ongoing nature of the coronavirus, um, another angle of this myth is that uh, because of the fact that a lot of the testing facilities are not allowing people to take the test and have not for several months, another part of this myth is that, you know, well, colleges don't care anymore. Yeah, I've gotten that a lot. I've had a lot of people be like, like, uh, you know, they're going through a missions process. I'll ask them if they've got any test scores or something like that. And they'll be like, oh, well, I, I just kind of assumed you weren't doing that. And uh, that it's different from college to college. I've talked to admissions counselors and and, and admissions reps at, at other colleges in Idaho, and I know some of them have changed their policy. Uh, I've even talked to a couple that are doing it on the honor system, mm-hmm. where it's you know just tell us your GPA, just just tell us your SAT score, sort of thing. And uh, we live in a fallen world, so that that kind of that kind of stuff scares me sometimes. Um, but it it ultimately comes down to in in this. Weird, as as you hear on every commercial, in these trying times, <laughs> if I hear that one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. One more time. But no, we. Uh, this is the very first time that something like this has ever happened um, while anyone who is alive has been around. Mm-hmm. Like the last time something like this happened was in the 1920s and yeah. we didn't have computers then, we didn't have standardized we testing in the way that we cameras. do. And so this is this is a brand new field for all of us. Um, I've I've worked here for close to close to two years now, and close to an entire year of that has been in the midst of the coronavirus. And so the way that My we went entire time on staff has been coronavirus. That's right. You came on, yeah. and then the world I was blew on, up. I was on staff for thirty three days, mm-hmm. and then I spent uh, clo- there for a while. I worked, worked, from, worked from home way more than I worked here. Yeah, but. Because of that, uh, the way that you know I did my job and the way that we went about uh, admissions and admitting people, it was a lot different in my first half of my tenure here than, than it has been in the second half. Um, and it's not that we don't require SAT, ACT scores. If you, if you, there's tons of people that I know. Um, it kind of depends on where you're at right now, like geographically. There's a lot of places where you can get test scores. There's a lot of places where you can't. Um, it's kind of the same where we deal with a lot of, uh, we have international applicants that, mm-hmm. um, you know, they have to go through uh, their their nation's U.S. embassy. And it, it's kind of the same thing. It just, some places are open, some places yep. aren't. And so um, just communicate with us, honestly. Like wherever you're applying, communicate with Mike and I, whatever it is, and we'll work, we'll work with you. Yeah, absolutely. Because again, our job is the relationship. Side. Exactly. And so, man, if, you know, if you have ACT, SAT scores, we'd love to have them. But also... We acknowledge that there are some things that are happening that are out of all of our power. So talk to us. Yes. All right, cool. Last one, last myth. You ready? Oh, yeah. All right, let's do this. So this myth is that... Oh, I like this one. <laughs> this list, I, I sent I sent uh, Logan the list of questions earlier, so he's had time to I know. I'm, I'm kind of showing, you know, how the sausage is made because I know what the questions are ahead of time. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, question, not question, sorry. The myth is... Uh, long list, a long, long list of extracurricular activities is vital to your application. So you should get into as many sports, clubs, you know, community service, as much of that as you possibly can because it's going to be the pivotal uh, 
uh, thing on your college admissions application? This is a really good one, uh, and I, I, I get this a lot. Particularly, I get this one uh, from parents who, who want to want to help their child succeed as they're going through college admissions. Um, my, my rule of thumb for this is, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it comes down to. Um, if, if we are looking at someone's uh, extracurricular activities, it is, am- it is amazing to have extracurricular activities. When we see that, when college admissions people see that, when Mike and I as admissions counselors see that, um, immediately what we think is, you know, this person isn't just there to, to try and finish and get down and move on to the next thing. They're investing. Um, they're digging into their talents. They're digging into their skills. They're digging into their community, which is awesome. Uh, but I will say that it, it is at times a lot better to, if we see that you have, have dug really, really deeply into one thing in particular um, or a couple things and you have given your all in that and you have, you have committed to it, um, that can sometimes look better than having you know, 15 extracurricular activities that you committed one hour to a week or something like mm-hmm. that. Because um, a lot of times I think people, it's, it's almost as if they're trying to build a resume in a sense for colleges yeah. where like I ha- I've taken this class and this class and this class and I've done this extracurricular and this extracurricular and that list goes on for like half a page in 12 point font and it and it looks really pretty on your you know your your fake little resume um but in reality it's like fake resume no okay that that's a you're right that's a wrong wording it's not it's not a fake resume that's you're boiling down your experiences um but it all comes down to that you know jack of all trades master of none your uh your application and uh, it, whether you're applying at a job, whether you're applying at a college, whatever it is, um, your application starts long before you submit it. Oh, absolutely. Um, because we're, we're not just looking, you know, colleges aren't just looking at like, okay, what has this person done on paper? We want to look at what have they been doing for the last five years? What have they been doing for the last, you know, six months in their community? How have they been preparing? Um, and so a lot of times students think that, you know what, I'm gonna just going to tack on a huge amount of extracurricular activities. I'm going to do, do three sports. I'm going to be in two uh, outside clubs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do all of these things, and then that will guarantee me into any college. Um, it's ne- there is no guarantee Absolutely. in these things. There never is a guarantee. There's always a good chance, but I would say find the one or two things that you are really passionate about and you really care about, and that when you are sitting in an, in an interview, admissions interview, when you are going through an application process, that when when someone like Mike or I says, you know, tell me about uh, your experience in your high school band, and we just see your face glow mm. up, and you're like, oh, man. That, that glow up moment tells me more than if you talk to me for 15 minutes. Exactly. I, I would rather hear an applicant go on for 15 minutes about the improv group they were mm. in in their local drama troupe at high school than have them spend, spend 10 the minutes. same time telling you a bullet point list of exactly. all the things that they dip their toes in. Uh, all of these mis- misconceptions, when you when you really break them down, what it is is a misconception that we care more about the numbers that you can present on a page than the person that you are. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I am super passionate about making sure that applicants and parents know is that we care so much more about who you are and what you what how we can help you grow and what you're going to be able to do when you're here rather than just to see, okay, when they get here, can we get those, can we get the GP up a little bit higher? Mm-hmm. Can we get that, can we get this test score maybe a little bit better? Um, do, do as many extracurriculars as, as you can, but make sure, uh, that you are passionate about what you're doing and you're doing it not just to build like a resume sort of thing, but because you really, really want to invest in yourself. Yeah. So much of, so much of this, this whole myth 
it boils down to why are you doing what you're doing? You know, if, if you are doing two or three sports a week and you're volunteering on the weekends and you know, you're, you're giving so much of yourself and your time and you're doing it so that eventually a college might look at you with a little bit more favor. I would challenge you to, to re-examine your motivations because if you're doing all those things and all it is, first of all, if you're doing all those things and it's feeding into you and it's helping you to grow and mature and become a better person, then absolutely continue. But if you're doing it strictly for the purpose of at some point, I sure would like for a college to give me the green light. Yep. Um, I would challenge you to find something that, that lights that fire for you. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I remember I did two years of football I was a side lineman, um, and I think I played maybe two minutes of college football, <laughs> of, of high school football, not college, gracious, um, because it made me miserable. <laughs> I just, I love watching football. What? You don't like football? <laughs> that I, I never would have yeah, struck me. <laughs> and I remember the day that I noticed why that was, it was because one of my teammates, because I'm a, I'm a fairly... I'm six foot five and you know, I'm a fairly, are you really six foot five? I'm six foot six, but wow. I'm really short now <laughs> that I'm realizing, <laughs> but I'm, you know, I've, I've always been a, a large guy. And I remember one of my teammates looking me in the eyes and saying like, dude, you know, if you were mean, you would be one of the best football players on this team. <laughs> I'm like, that's the thing. I'm not, a, I do, it is not in me to go on a field and want to hurt somebody. And I don't dis. I, I love watching football. Go Cleveland. Love the Browns. Um, but the reason – yeah, I'm all for <laughs> All the teams you could have There's a whole backstory. You chose, you chose the team whose, dude. whose logo is literally a brown helmet. Yeah, dude. Okay. 30 seconds. 2013 came Oh, no. College. I've gotten him on a tangent. I've got, you got me on a quick little tangent. I'm going to get on it, and then I'm going to get off. 2013 – Seahawks went to the Super Bowl, but four weeks in that season, I came to college. Didn't care for football beforehand. Got to college. Everyone loved the Seahawks. I'm like, cool, I'll choose the Seahawks. Of course, Seahawks go on to be one of the best defenses in all time, and they win the Super Bowl. And everyone's like, hey, after that, everyone's like, hey, Mike, who's your favorite football team? I'm like, oh, it's the Seattle Seahawks. I'm like, cool, how long have you been a Seattle Seahawks fan? I say, since 2013. They look at me with, with squinty eyes, and they say, <laughs> oh, you're one of those. You're a bandwagoner. You're a bandwagoner. And so, and so, in 2017, I decided, you know what? This is stupid. You're going to jump on I'm the team with the worst on. track record. I'm good. That was the year that the <laughs> Cleveland Browns went 0-16, and, and people would do the same thing. They'd say, Mike, who's your favorite team? And, uh, you know, everyone knows the Browns suck, and so I would say, the Cleveland Browns. And they'd be like, they suck. Oh, but you must know that, and I can stop being pretentious about it. There's a third of the people listening who are completely zoned out and a third who yep. are very, <laughs> very lively. <laughs> anyway, so that is that is my completely off-topic uh, conversation on my favorite football team. Now, having said that, so I want to very quickly just recap and reiterate um, the main point of what I've, we've been trying to drive at this episode. And it's been a little bit of a longer one. Thank you guys for joining us. But um, I want to I wanna just succinctly say, uh, when you are looking at the college application, whether that is at Boise Bible College or anywhere else, when you are looking at, gosh, I can even spread this out to just job applications. Yeah. No. If you're trying to achieve anything. No one thing is going to mean success. 
Man, you gotta have, you gotta, your, your paint pastel has to have more colors than black and white. Mm-hmm. Gotta have some, some stuff there. Whether it's a job, whether it's college admissions, whether it's whatever, whatever you're trying to achieve, it's never one big thing. It's always the many, many tiny things mm-hmm. that make up the big thing that is you and who you are. Absolutely. So, Logan, I am going to finish this out asking the same question of you that I ask to virtually all of our guests, and it is this. Uh, so I want you to imagine that you have a high school student in front of you and they are debating within themselves whether or not Bible college is a viable, worthwhile choice for them. What would you say? Uh, I have this, uh, this exercise that I, I do whenever. I, I haven't gotten to do it much lately because I didn't realize how much of my job was going and talking to large crowds of people until it became illegal about eight months ago. But uh, <laughs> I've always done this, this fun activity where I tell people to, to close their eyes. And imagine that they're sitting at a table, and on the other side of that table is them from four years ago. So whatever their age is, minus four. So if I'm talking to a 16-year-old, they're, having, they're talking to 12-year-old them, right? And I always ask them, I always say, like, imagine you got to have a conversation with you from four years ago. How would that conversation go? And I have done this with groups uh, of 100-plus, 200-plus, and, like, less than five people. And I've never once done this without having someone audibly laugh. <laughs> or and just when I, physically shut Yeah, up. or they, like, they cringe. Ugh. And when I ask why, they're like, gosh, because, you know, there's a lot. Like, I, there was, I'd warn them about things, or I'd, I'd give them heads up about things. And I always say, is, well, is that because you're a different person now than you were four years ago? And they say, oh, of course. I've never once had someone do this exercise and be like, no, I'm the exact same person now that I was four years ago. Um, because we change and we grow and we evolve as people. And then I, I do the flip side of it and I say, imagine you're, same thing, close your eyes sitting at a table, but now you're the younger version. And you, in four years, is on the opposite side of the table. How would you want that conversation to go? Because the same way that you you were a different person four years ago, you're gonna be a different person in another four years, um, and it it is kind of cliche because it, it's it's very apparent that I'm doing the whole you know college is four years and you're gonna change sort of, <laughs> but it, it's it's true and especially if you're a, if you're a traditional student like you you're planning on coming right out of high school um, or maybe you're you know like 20 you're you're near you're you're closer to high school than you are farther away from it. Um, those years are some of the most influential years of your life, and they shape what you do in that time span, who you are with, what you are doing. It shapes who you are, and it shapes what you become, and ultimately the trajectory of your life. And if you believe that, that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God and, and has made a true impact in your life, um, then how could, you, how could you not want to, want to prepare yourself to, to tell others of the amazing uh, things out there? So... Um, for those that are interested, you know, in full-time vocational ministry, that is awesome. We've got a bunch of programs that I would love. I'd love to throw pamphlets at you. Come over here. I'll, I'll chuck them your way. <laughs> we have, a, we have a, a slingshot for that very purpose. We do, yes. <laughs> we but, but even the person that's on the fence, man, you know, college is like a restaurant. You don't know if you like the food till you come and try it. You've got to come. You've got to meet the people. You've got to sit in on the classes. You've got to see what the environment is like. Um, because, you know, don't knock it till you try it. Come, come for a year, and I, I have never once, ever, talked to someone uh, that has come within the last five years, 10 years, been an alumni from 20 years ago that came for a minimum of one year and was like, oh yeah, total waste of my time. Mm. Every single time it's, it's like, man, regardless of whether they went on to, to work in ministry or they wanted to do the total opposite, whatever that is, um, it, it, was, it was a way to prepare them 
how do you want that conversation to go in a couple of years? Because you're going to be a different person. And we want to help you, you know, start wherever you're at to go where God is calling you. That's what we always say. Start here, go there. And so for someone that's on the fence, man, you just got to, you got to give it a, you got to give it a go. Come and visit. We'd love to talk to you. Yeah. All right. Logan, it has, it has been a good episode. It's been a long episode. Thank so you. Thank you for, for those of you guys who have trucked along through this entire slog fest with us. I appreciate it. Um, Logan, I appreciate you sitting down and uh, yeah. giving a spotlight to the snarky and back and forth nature of our relationship. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for having me. And uh, folks, uh, next week we are going to be joined by another, uh, another guest. Um, this is going to be uh, actually an international student, um, Angie is going to be with us. Oh, awesome. So, That's going to be a good one. Be sure to tune in. One. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you for, thank you for tuning in. And I will hear from you next week. Bye. Bye.